0: Welcome to the Pike Podcast. The Pike Podcast is here to inform and inspire your fraternal experience. Topics covered include leadership, how to improve chapter operations, and how to improve yourself. We'll break down some of our most dynamic resources, from entire areas of programming to specific tools and strategies, to deliver an in-depth, comprehensive look at the elements that make our chapters successful. You can find other episodes and show notes at pikes.org slash podcasts, or look for us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to the Pike Podcast. If it's your first time tuning in, my name is Jarrett Way, Director of Educational Content and Strategy with the Pike Kappa Alpha International Fraternity. And today, I'm excited to have a returning guest on the podcast, Brother Eric Fournier, our Director of Chapter Services West. Eric, welcome back, man. Thank you, Jarrett, back by popular demand. And uh, <laughs> before we get started today, I just want
1: to give you a shout out for everything that you've done, both on this podcast as well as your Pike blogs that are corresponding with the podcast on uh, on the website. You've done a phenomenal job
0: up to this point in serving the fraternity, and just want to give you a quick shout out. Hey, man, I really appreciate that. Thanks, Eric. I wanted to bring you back on today because in our last podcast we talked about the ten tips for being a successful chapter president, and I right. think. That one had a lot of engagement. I think your perspective really helped a lot of incoming and current chapter presidents and will continue to help presidents in the future. So I wanted to bring you back on as we shift gears just a little bit to talk about the vice presidents and how they can best manage their cabinets. So the internal vice president, the external vice president, and also the new vice president of member development under the JUPAC experience that Devin Teixeira has been rolling out as our director of membership development. So with these three cabinets, the internal, external, and education, there's a lot of operations and programming represented within the fraternity just between these three positions and the cabinets they represent. So we wanted to cut this podcast to better position these vice presidents to support their cabinets in terms of morale, in terms of leadership, and really making sure that they can be the best that they can be in optimizing these roles within the chapter. I think this conversation can best be broken down into three different areas. So we have the motivating piece. We have that leadership piece and then also that enforcing piece, of so being the enforcer when it comes to it. So we can dive right in. The corresponding blog post here is the Managing Your Cabinet blog post, and that can be found on pikes.org/blog. So jumping right into it, we have these five key points for this motivating factor, and the first of that is posted and distributed lists for your cabinets. So following weekly cabinet meetings, the vice presidents could either post or distribute a list detailing what each committee will be working on for the coming week. The list will help hold the chairman accountable for meeting their weekly expectations this one's a little bit of a no-brainer to me having these weekly lists distributed for your cabinet just helps to keep things organized week to week month to month ultimately semester to semester so when you have things laid out on the front end it gives everyone the marching orders they know what's coming down the line it just makes things easier what do you think eric yeah this one's pretty simple
1: and as you said it is uh elementary in the fact that We want to be organized, and it makes us look better if we're organized. It makes us look better if our team's organized. And furthermore, this is going to help limit the length of both executive board meetings as well as chapter meetings, because when people are organized and are able to articulate in writing what they want to talk about, it's going to be a lot more seamless, and there's going to be less rambling, limiting the amount of time that it takes for each meeting.
0: And I think that's a perfect segue into number two. You want to fire that one off, Eric?
1: Yeah, so advanced planning, prior to each term following the chapter goal setting retreat, the executive council shall prepare a tentative schedule of chapter events. Each vice president working with their chairman can then develop and update a detailed schedule for the upcoming two weeks. The schedule can be posted or distributed at weekly meetings. This advanced planning will help increase attendance to chapter events and avoid time conflicts between members. Majority of the time our chapters may have struggled or had trouble getting their members to come to chapter events, and that's simply because people don't know when and where the events are taking place until maybe 48 hours prior. So if we can be organized and stay on top of letting people know at least two weeks in advance, ideally a month in advance, we can put that on their calendar, they can take off from work, tell their significant other that they can't hang out that night, et cetera. Whatever you need to do, to secure
0: your spot at that event. Do you have anything to add to that, Jarrett? I think you put it perfectly, Eric, and I like to think about it this way. The men that are filling these roles in these cabinet positions, these chairman positions, they're often plugged in elsewhere on campus. So they're go-getters. So they're men that want to be involved and they, they want to take on these roles. And that brings prestige to our organization. But the bottom line is that they're busy. I think back to my own time in my chapter, and I bet you could say the same thing, Eric, at your time at Jacksonville, I didn't know what I was even having for lunch some days, let alone what events I needed to be at a week or two in advance, or even planning a week or two in advance. So having the advanced planning there, having these things laid out, like I said on the front end, just really helps create that well-oiled machine so everyone knows what's going on and when, when it's going on and what the expectations are. Moving into number three, weekly committee and cabinet meetings. So committee chairmen should meet weekly with their committees prior to the weekly cabinet meeting. These meetings will help the chairman keep his committee focused on the goal for that week. Just as the vice president rewards his chairman, so should the chairman reward their committee members. This could be accomplished by varying the meeting location and activities at the meeting, so maybe having pizza at the meetings, or maybe having a member of the week recognition, et cetera. By holding the committee chairman accountable, the vice president ensures the committee stay on task. So when we talk about these cabinet meetings and committee meetings within the chapter, so many chapters view it as how can we meet or when can we meet right before, right after chapter, while we have everyone there. But it doesn't necessarily need to be that. We always have these committee meetings in classrooms or very similar settings to what we do as college students throughout the week. And that's not something that's great for morale because it just feels like something else that has to be accomplished throughout the week, rather than an opportunity to come together, have these ideas generated and flowing in maybe a different environment. I remember, when I think back to my undergraduate experience on the executive council before the one I served on for the first time. There was an external vice president who had his weekly cabinet meetings every Sunday morning at his apartment and he made pancakes for everyone they just shared a Sunday breakfast every Sunday morning and that was their cabinet meeting and that's something that I think really benefited the chapter because it increased morale for the entire cabinet which again that motivating factor it really contributes to something better in terms of these cabinet meetings what do you think Eric yeah I think when we have these meetings in
1: person uh, some chapters say, "Well, why can't we just have a group meet?" And that—that's great, but that's only half of it. When you meet in person, especially to your point, you're meeting outside of a classroom setting. People get very comfortable, and then ideas start flowing for different positions. So I know when I was external vice president, we had a lot of really good ideas for PR and specifically our website that came from our social chairman as well as our special events chairman for our PR position in particular and vice versa. There was just a lot of ideas flowing. We had an opportunity to not only talk about what we were doing on the external side of the fraternity, but talk about other facets and and ideas as well for what our chapter was doing at that time. So I think it was really a good time for me to build rapport as the vice president and for them to have their ideas come out as well. So a lot of ideas flowing and a lot of good times to be had. Absolutely. What about number four, Eric? So with number four, written committee reports, after meeting with his committee, the chairman should prepare a brief report outlining the meeting with the vice president each week. By doing this on a regular basis, the chairman holds a vested interest in the committee's progress. So in these committee reports, we don't have to think of this as a two-page homework assignment. This can be bulleted. This can be something that is simple, but helps with the organization both for your vice president and then ideally for you when you're going to have to give uh, reports either in chapter meeting or maybe as a guest at an executive board meeting. So it not only helps with the flow of everything, but it makes you look organized. And hey, if you're going to run for maybe an executive board position in the future, this can really help you
0: maybe stick out in comparison to some other individuals. Do you have anything to add? No, I don't. I think this goes right along with the first and second points that we made about advanced planning about staying organized, being prepared on the front end, and how that really just benefits everyone across the board when you're doing that within your cabinets. Like you said, it's something that helps keep things succinct, these meetings short, and that's what these college students want, in my opinion. Moving on to number five, recognition, recognition, recognition. cannot be stressed enough. Both the chairman and the committee members need public displays of recognition. Motivating these individuals becomes one of the major roles of a vice president. Remember, criticize in private, praise in public. You cannot give too many awards. For example, the vice president could establish a plaque for the chairman of the month or year or hold an annual dinner for his cabinet. I love this point. Eric, we've talked about this before. I think a lot of times, especially in these cabinet roles and these committee roles, we put our blinders on and we have our marching orders, we know what we're supposed to do, but oftentimes when we're performing in those roles, yes, it's an expectation, But a lot of times we're going above and beyond to actually make things happen programming-wise within the fraternity, within the chapter, and that should be recognized. My favorite thing in this entire fifth point is criticize in private, praise in public. So when one of your cabinet members is doing something right, there's nothing better to help morale within your cabinet than to stress when someone is doing something right and to recognize that and and to appreciate him in front of everyone. Maybe that's the entire cabinet or maybe the entire chapter during a chapter meeting. That's something that goes a really long way, in my opinion. Eric? This is something that we all want throughout life. I mean, think about
1: being in any type of position. It's like a roller coaster. Even when you're starting a new class, you're pretty excited about the class. And then let's say halfway through the semester, you start to get this jaded feeling or this feeling that you're somewhat over it. But if you go and you get a good grade in that class, it's a morale booster. It's it's, you're getting recognized for the hard work you put in similar to what we're talking about here. I mean, it, the morale that you get just from hearing your name called out at chapter meeting in front of 40 to 200 brothers, it helps you and or the chairman that you are recognizing think, okay, I'm doing well in my position. This will hopefully take that individual to the next level or at the very least, help them believe that they are doing what they need to be doing
0: for the role. So, Eric, we've talked about This motivating piece in terms of staying organized, in terms of planning on the front end, in terms of having these effective, dynamic cabinet or committee meetings that don't always have to look like the same thing, and also these recognition pieces. So let's move on to this next area, leadership. So in our last podcast, Eric, we talked about the president and how a lot of times he's making these decisions that make him look like the bad guy. These decisions are probably for the greater good of the fraternity or the chapter, but they might not be viewed as favorably by the membership. And that's just something that happens, and that comes with being a leader. But when we have these conversations, and it's typically about the chapter president, I would argue that it's the same conversation to be had about the vice presidents. Like I said, the vice presidents, the internal, external, and VPMDs, they represent just within their cabinets a large portion of the operations and the programming within every chapter so there are going to be decisions made that aren't going to be looked at as favorable but are absolutely the right decisions that need to be implemented or need to happen so eric what's your opinion on leadership for these vice presidents
1: i would say my opinion or my advice rather for the vice presidents is think of yourself as a coach so if you're the coach of a team uh, typically you hold a lot of weight on your shoulders as you should And you need to make sure that your players are playing up to par or the level that they need to be. And to your point earlier, sometimes you need to have tough conversations or make tough decisions to better the organization or better the team moving forward. You know, when we watch ESPN, we typically see that the coaches are the ones that get fired because of the performance of their players. And as much as I would never want to see a vice president get his position filled by another person, understand that a lot of the decision and a lot of the external view of what's taking place in your cabinet falls on the vice president so think of yourself as a coach maybe the president of the chapter as the general manager um, that can better understand kind of the dynamics there between president gm vice president coaches chairman as players and i think the one quote you put in here jared from vince lombardi i like it a lot Contrary to the opinion of many people, leaders are not born, leaders are made, and they are made by effort and hard work. When I think back to 2014, when I was elected into the external vice president role, I didn't necessarily think of myself as a leader at the time. Uh, I thought of myself as someone who was a little soft-spoken and maybe couldn't have those tough conversations. What I found over time was I put in a lot of hard work and I spent a lot of time uh, helping the men that were in my cabinet, learned their positions, talked through a lot of different things. And over time, I organically became a leader and I got a lot of positive feedback, which eventually put me in the president position, which I never thought I would have. So if you're a vice president right now and you think, uh, you know, I have a lot of weight on my shoulders, I'm not necessarily sure that I'm the right person for this role as a leader, your time will come and it will, it will happen organically. So just have faith in yourself and it will
0: happen over time right i I think that's a great point eric there's absolutely more than one way to be a dynamic leader and leadership looks like a lot of different things and like you just said and like we just quoted from vince lombardi leadership is something that's developed it's something that is made by effort and hard work over time so again like you just said if you're that vice president it doesn't feel like you're the man for the job just work at it because your style of leadership is different than probably anyone else's in your chapter and you have your strengths and weaknesses, just like everyone else in their, in your chapter does. I think this is a great segue into this last area of being the enforcer. So we talked about in leadership, how equating it to the coach, that's always fired before the players are critiqued perhaps with the enforcer role oftentimes you have to have those crucial conversations so yes while your cabinet and your committee chairman are a representation of you and your leadership style and what you're demanding of them and your expectations a lot of times there's going to be a point when someone just isn't pulling the weight within your cabinet and you have to be able to have that conversation like i said and that fifth point in the motivating piece criticize in private praise in public so yes we want to praise in public absolutely but when things aren't going right which they likely will not at some point You have to be able to have that crucial conversation. So what does that look like? Again, you're having this conversation in private. You don't ever wanna have this conversation in front of this man's peers because it's not productive and it's not conducive to a great conversation to the results that we want. So if you're having this conversation in private, maybe you're talking about the why. You're getting back to why did you wanna be in this role? Why is this role important to the fraternity? what can I do to best support you because you're not pulling your weight right now and we need you to pull your weight, or it's going to be a conversation of if you even need to be in this role or not. So Eric, what do you think about this enforcer role within the fraternity? So typically, as a vice president, you're
1: dealing with two different types of people as your chairman, right? You're dealing with one person who probably really wanted to get appointed to that position. They're juiced about the opportunity. They're so excited to implement all these new things, on the other side, you maybe have someone who is just a filler or someone who you really just needed someone in that position. So you ask them, hey, man, could you please just be X position? And, and they were able to help you out there. So in dealing with those two different dynamics, I think you have two different conversations ahead of you. Right. So the person who's excited, I think you need to put a lot of motivation into that conversation. And what I mean by that is, if they maybe made a wrong decision or you see that they might be slipping in an area, have more of a motivational conversation, get their excitement levels back up, back to that morale and recognition, talk about the things that they did do well, and then maybe focus on the areas where they can make some changes or move forward in a different direction. On the other side, with the person who's just filling the position, it might be a little bit tougher of a conversation saying, listen, I know that you weren't exactly excited or even interested in this position, but moving forward, we're really looking for someone who is gonna be able to take this position to the next level. Is that something you think you can do? Because up to this point, you've done a you've done a pretty good job, but we want someone who is, again, gonna take it to the next level. And if you don't think that's gonna be you, no harm, no foul, I can uh, certainly go out, maybe with your assistance and find someone who can be excited for a position like this. So. Controlling those different conversations is going to be helpful for you in the long term and understanding that you don't want to go in and talk to the filler person like you would the person who's excited and vice versa. So understanding how to work those dynamics is going to
0: help you as a leader of the chapter. I really like that initial point you made, too, about that recognition piece. I think a great way to combat this even happening to begin with, so you don't even have to be the enforcer, is to continue to recognize the men in your cabinet who are doing a great job because if you're constantly recognizing the efforts of the men that you're managing then they're going to be more inclined to continue producing great work eric we're wrapping up right now but before we do i do want to make a point about some of our smaller chapters and how they view their cabinets that might not have the manpower to be able to fill all of these roles who go without entire areas of programming represented or maybe they have a man doing multiple roles within the chapter. What's your advice to those men and and how they can optimize that experience and really create some great programming anyway?
1: Right. When I traveled as a consultant, I saw this from time to time. You know, chapters that might only have between 20 and 40 men. This is going to happen, unfortunately. Or actually, if you play to your benefit, it could be a fortunate thing. So there's two main pieces of advice that I would give here. The first one being play to your players' strengths. What I mean by that is if you have individuals in the chapter, let's say, that have a PR background or or maybe even studying public relations, maybe they are suitable for the PR position, but maybe they're also already your recruitment chair. So I think if we can spark interest in, you know, hey, Jerry, you, you study PR here, right? Yeah, I do. Okay, well, I know you're already the recruitment chairman, and I know that takes up a good amount of your time, but... I think if you could maybe help us out, maybe 30 minutes to an hour a week with PR, that's really gonna take us to the next level in our branding and and our website and a lot of the external view of our chapter here at Peabody University. So playing to people's strengths is one. Number two is utilizing the resources that the international fraternity gives. I mean, Jared has spent the last two years working on the Pike blog and this podcast. So I think that if people are gonna be taking over multiple positions, they shouldn't think of it as a daunting task. I mean, there's literally guidebooks and guidelines that they can follow on the website that are very digestible and easy to understand and easy to implement. And I think with the majority of our chairman positions, it only requests maybe 30 minutes to two hours max a week of someone's time. If we can be strategic in who we're putting in what positions, everyone across the board could have an equal amount of time on their
0: hands. Right. And I think to even further this point, every single chapter has individual needs. So maybe it's just a matter of that smaller chapter assessing what do we need to focus on right now? So maybe with your example of public relations, maybe they already have good foundational public relations or maybe they already have a good image on campus externally. That's not something they need to focus on per se if maybe their scholarship is lacking and they don't have a man in that role. So it's just a matter of assessing what does my chapter need right now? What can we improve on? That consultant visitation analysis is a great benchmark to be able to check out your chapter performance score and see what areas you're lacking in so you can actually go in and put them in where they need to be to focus on what strategically needs to be focused on at that point in time. Eric, that's all the time we have today, man. Thanks so much for coming back on the podcast. Thank you very much, Jarrett. Thanks for listening to the Pike podcast. You can check out other episodes and show notes as well as resource links discussed at www.pikes.org slash podcast. Thanks again for listening. And as always, it's a great day to be a Pike. We'll see you next time.